What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good day, good night, welcome to Soccer Today Magazine, the debut edition of this brand new weekly show covering the beautiful game from a unique perspective, bringing you during the World Cup a unique coverage of the beautiful game from a Canadian perspective as we will today break down Canada's group, preview Canada's lineup, look at the roster, look at what's to come for the beautiful Canadian national team that's heading for the second time only in its history to the World Cup, a first since 1986. But first of all, if you don't know me, I'm Kev Laramie, sports statistician and soccer expert. I've been covering the beautiful game for over a decade now, and with my expertise, I will bring you a unique perspective when, yes, influenced by numbers, influenced by trends, situations, and also pure, beautiful game knowledge. On today's show, we will be looking at Canada's roster, very deep perspective of Canada's roster. We will also be looking at who's the favorite to win the whole World Cup, the Golden Boot. We will also pay a tribute today, an homage to Jim Fleming, who passed away in the hours before the recording of this show. But first, we're talking about the World Cup. We're talking about this beautiful thing that starts and is going to last a month. And it is a first for Canada since 1986. So let's look at what Canada qualified for. As we look at the details of the 2022 World Cup, it is in Qatar, 22 teams, 32 teams, the 22nd edition of the World Cup. It is, of course, a controversial World Cup. You can look and of course understand how it was given the whole Josef Prater situation and the treatment of migrant workers over the last decade in the country. It is the 22nd edition of the World Cup and France are the defending champions November 20th to December 18th in eight stadiums, five cities in Qatar. It will be an interesting World Cup when it comes to temperature, it comes to performance and to the amount of goals scored. Trust me, you will want to keep an eye on the unders for most of the first halves in the first few games in Qatar. It will be very hot and it will start on Sunday, December, uh, Sunday, November 20th. Qatar will be starting against Ecuador and that's a good game to start your tournament with and to get a little better, I guess, a handicap on Qatar. Qatar has not necessarily been playing their full strength lineup in any of the friendlies they've been playing over the last year. And I believe Qatar will be a bit better than some people anticipate. Heck, 
they could surprise a lot of folks, especially Ecuadorian players, on Sunday. But Canada qualified for the first time since 1986 for a World Cup, a 32-team World Cup. It's fun to see Canada qualify for a format of the beautiful game that we know most. Next World Cup in 2026 will be hosted partly by Canada with Mexico and the United States. And it will be the first 48 teams World Cup. But Canada got its ticket for Qatar by finishing first of the octo, the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. And they finished first with 22, 28 points ahead of Mexico, USA, and Costa Rica finished fourth. Costa Rica was then sent to a playoffs against New Zealand. They beat New Zealand, and Costa Rica is also taking part of the World Cup, representing CONCACAF. Canada finished first due to its great run at the beginning of the World Cup qualifying process. 13 goals for Kyle Lahren in qualifying. He will be a big part of the Canadian men's national team, and we will talk about him later when we break down Canada's roster by position. From goalkeepers, defenders, midfield, and attackers, we will look at all the selection of John Herdman, and we will break down three surprises. One is a surprise because of a very terrible injury to Maxime Crepeau. We will talk about why James Pantemis was chosen and why Joel Waterman and Ismail Kone made the cut. And it will be numbers-backed. Yes, statistically, it is a good choice by Joel Waterman, Ismail Kone, and James Pantemis. We will look why they were the chosen one to take part in this World Cup. This World Cup, 32 teams Eight groups of four. Here we go. That's what it's looking like heading into this tournament that starts on Sunday. Group A, Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands. Interesting. Louis van Gaal believe its team has a shot to winning the whole thing. He is the manager of the Netherlands. We'll see if that's possible. England, Iran, USA, and Wales. That is quite a fascinating group. Can USA finish second? Heck, can they finish first? What about England and USA? That's a great matchup. It's going to be a great derby type matchup. Wales. Wales. Will Gareth Bell replicate his exploits from MLS Cup Finals? Scoring an important goal and giving his team an opportunity to win during the penalties, which they did. Group C, Argentina. Maybe the darling of this tournament, everybody's favorite choice. It's easy to say Brazil, but a lot of people are predicting Argentina as the winner of this tournament. Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland are your teams in Group C of the World Cup. Moving to Group D, France, Australia, Denmark, Tunisia. Interesting group here. France defending champions, Australia could be touted to be high in this group. But let's not forget about Denmark. Denmark was one of the surprises in the Euro. They do have their talisman Ericsson back in form and healthy and available for this tournament. Group E, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. That is an underrated group. Costa Rica, yes, it's not a, a good version. They're not in a good cycle. They could finish last in this game. Japan also not in their favorite cycle. Japan just lost to Canada 2-1 in a friendly. We will break down that game statistically and the starting 11 of that game in just a few minutes. But Spain is the favorite in Group E with Germany. Germany, dark horse, maybe even favorite in this competition. 
Group F, Canada's group. The group that we will keep a very close eye on, if not both our eyes, our feet, our legs, toes, and everything we have geared to that group. Belgium, the foes on November 23rd. Then Croatia, the next foes in Morocco. We can look at Canada's schedule because Canada's schedule is a very interesting one. It all starts on November 23rd against Belgium, one of the best teams in the world. With yes, Lukaku has been chosen by Roberto Martinez, the selectioner, the selectioner, <laughs> the sporting director of the Belgium national team and the manager of the Belgium national team, Roberto Martinez. That game will take place at the Al Ryan Stadium. It is the opening game for Canada in this tournament, a first game in the World Cup since 1986. And it wasn't necessarily a success in 1986, if we're quite honest with each other. They have had uh, three losses, five goals against, no goals scored in 1986 when they were eliminated 24th of 24 in the group stage of the 1986 World Cup in Mexico. So, this time, we expect Canada to score goals, and we expect Canada to give teams like Belgium some trouble. Depending on the choices for the starting 11 of John Herdman, Canada's lineup could give some trouble to Belgium on the flanks, and we'll look at that later when I give you Kevin's 11. Croatia on November 27th at the Khalifa International Stadium, 11 a.m. Eastern. By the way, if you are in Canada, you will be able to drink beer during these games if you are going to be in Qatar. For these games, I'm sorry to tell you, at uh, the time of the recording of this show, it was uh, made public that at the end of the day, you will not be able to order alcoholic beer or beverages in stadiums. So good luck to all the voyagers who have traveled to Qatar. Morocco, last group game for Canada on December 1st at the Al Thumana Stadium at 10 a.m. Eastern. And that is Canada's World Cup schedule in Group F. Let's quickly finish our overview of all the groups before we move on to looking at the favorites for this World Cup. Group G, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Brazil, overall favorite to win the World Cup, according to the bookmakers, and we'll have the details in just a few minutes. And Group, uh, the last group here, it says Group B, but it's a... Uh, a, B, C, D, E, F, G. Group H is Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. Portugal, maybe a good choice, maybe not. What type of Cristiano Ronaldo will show up for this tournament? That is the big question we're all asking is, will Cristiano Ronaldo be Cristiano Ronaldo or just a player heading into this world because if we look at the favorites, according to the bookmakers, Portugal is not necessarily the favorite, but it is amongst the favorite to win the World Cup. Brazil, the overall favorite at 4.90. Those are Canadian and decimal odds. And that are, those are the consensus odds across a couple of different sports book, legal sports book in Canada. Argentina second in I guess the favorites, the odds on favorite, according to the bookmakers, 640, not bad. France, will they repeat? Will Les Bleus beat the Blues of the comeback after winning it? France, third, according to the bookmakers, to win the tournament, 740. Spain, England, Germany follows in decent odds, but if I have to go with my gut, 
or what my research and numbers are saying, there's a couple teams with value to win. Of course, I put USA, Canada. It will be fun if USA or Canada win it, then uh, we can all have a glorious party together, get all naked and run around fountains. You know, that'll be great. But I do not shovel clouds and I am realistic. If USA or Canada wins the World Cup, I will tattoo a big either maple leaf or a big USA crest on my back forever. I'm not necessarily a fan of tattoos. Well, I love tattoos. I just don't have any. And that would be a big commitment. But that's how much I don't necessarily believe USA or Canada will win it. To me, it's a battle of three teams. Three teams have what it takes, in my opinion, to win this tournament. And some of them will surprise you. You need luck. You need youth. You need surprises. And you need things to go your way heading into the knockout stage and the bracket. So until we're on the knockout stage and I can show you the bracket and I can actually extrapolate to the path to the World Cup final. Those are my teams that I'm favoring right now as of the recording of this show, which is before the first game of the World Cup. Argentina is in my top three teams. Brazil is not. I do not believe in Richarlison. I do not believe in Neymar. I do not believe in players that say this could be my last World Cup. I do not believe they have the will, the sacrifice in them. Yes. If they were Avengers, they would not have done the ultimate sacrifice like Iron Man, okay? Brazil is overrated and overappreciated. They are not in my favorites to win the World Cup. Anyway, you don't even have value if you bet on Brazil. Argentina, you get a good return for your money. Argentina is in my top three. I still see a difficult path for them to win the whole thing with, of course, Messi's age. But, you know, if there was ever was a shot and if you can get chance from maybe my golden boot favorite we'll talk about in a second, I can see Argentina being in the confetti on December 18th. My other top three team is... I almost went with France for the back-to-back, -back, but no. Form does not indicate that France will be in there. Attitude does not indicate that France will be replicating their success from Russia 2018. Mbappe is not in the same form and he will not necessarily be as hungry as he was four years ago and that could be said for the entire France national team. You don't have the same Grisou, you don't have the same type of team. To me, a team that is hungry, youthful and can really do a lot of damage depending on their path in the knockout stage is Spain. Spain is my second team of my top three team. And then we're moving to my third team, and the third team is Germany. Sorry, England. It's not coming home. It's not coming home this time around. And no, don't start the music. I don't want to have it queued up in my mind for the next month. But it's not coming home, unfortunately. And this will be Gareth Southgate's last tournament as manager. Mark my words. It's going maybe to Germany. Germany might be back. A tournament that managers will have a higher influence on the result than you think. It will be very hot, 38 degrees on average in most stadiums when it comes kickoff times in most days. This will favor teams that are well coached, that are well disciplined. And is there a better disciplined team than a NC Flick coach team? We saw Bayern Munich and the rise of the last few years. He was a mastermind of Alfonso Davies' rise in the Bundesliga, and he will teach that team new tricks 
that team had become stale under Joachim Lo from the mid part of the last decade. Now they're moving into a new era, a new type of football, and a type of football that's played on the wings, on the flanks, and a more realistic type of football that is, I would say, coherent with what is successful in today's club game. What we see from the German national team coming in this World Cup will blow you away. Players that you don't expect a whole lot from will emerge. That's what you need to be successful in a World Cup. Luck, veteran, but there's always a youngster that pushed through and helped one team be better than we expect and changes the outcome of the results of games, of course. I just did a big oxymoron on the outcome of results, but you know, that makes a big difference, and I think Germany could be that team. So if we go back to the odds board here, my favorite to win the World Cup, Kevin's top three. Argentina, 640. You bet a dollar, you get 640 back. Spain, 880. A lot of value. And Germany, 11. 10 to 1 for Germany to win the World Cup. Mark my words, this could be a very good bet to bet on Germany when it comes time to play a World Cup. That's my odds-on favorite to win the tournament. What I think is a very amazing too is my odds-on favorite to win the Golden Boot, another trophy that is going to be given in this one. I'm not sure who's going to be in the confetti here because that does influence who wins the Golden Boot. All right, the more games you play, the, the more percentages you have of scoring goals, right? The, the more chances you have. Harry Kane is the odds on favorite to win the world, to win, to win the golden boot. Maybe he's going to put a couple pass against the US, who knows, Iran, but I don't think it's going to be him. I always look at the golden boot and the odds to win it as a way to parlay your handicap of the entire tournament. If you think one team is going to go far, like example, I have Argentina in my top three team. We just talked about this. So I will have Lionel Messi and Martinez in my portfolio to win the golden boot if I believe Argentina is going to win. That is a way to add some value to your choice of who wins the World Cup. Because if, if Argentina wins, by the way, it's because Messi was prolific during this tournament. Again, if you think France is going to have success and win... The second World Cup in a row, 13 in their history. Then Mbappe and Benzema, both in your portfolio, will make sense to win the World Cup. 920, because uh, that's 8 to 1, and then 13 to 1. That's great odds for Mbappe and Benzema. If you think Portugal is going to win and you think it's about Ronaldo, go for it. If you think Lukaku is going to be fit and score goals, well, you can vote for him too with your money. But to me, the choices that make a whole lot of sense are Martinez, Orlando Messi, and are Neymar, even though I'm not a big fan of Neymar in Brazil, there is a path to success for Brazil in the World Cup and a path to goals for Neymar, depending on Richarlison. And Richarlison, 30 to 1, could he get a few goals? Four, five goals could be enough to win the World Cup, depending on the amount of goals scored. Of course, the heat will lower the scores across the board. So four goals could be enough to win the World Cup. And with four goals, maybe a choice like Martinez, Lukaku makes a whole lot of sense. That is possible. We'll uh, take a short break. I will uh, catch my breath and uh, have a little swig of coffee. When we come back, 
we will be breaking down Canada's results against Japan. We will also look at the lineup what Canada had in their last few friendlies and my predictions. Yes, my projected lineup for Canada's 11 against Belgium. And of course, my favorite starting 11 from the roster that we will also break down after this short break. We'll be right back right here on ST Magazine. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. back on SD Magazine, time to talk about Canada, our World Cup preview from a Canadian perspective. First time since 1986 that Canada will take part in the World Cup. We talked about it earlier. Here's Canada's schedule as we now transition into the Canadian World Cup and deep dive into Canada's lineup and the projected roster and the projected 11 and why John Herdman chose a few players over others for this roster. First game is on November 23rd against Belgium, but Canada did play over the last couple of days against Japan. The last tune-up game before the World Cup, and Canada got a win, a big win against the Blue Samurai, as Canada scored a goal from the penalty spot late in extra time. Lucas Cavallini, the tank himself, without a club, by the way. He was just, uh, while well, his uh, options was not grabbed by Vancouver he will now be a free agent in MLS and who knows if he's going to come back in MLS but Lucas Cavallini made it 2-1 with a goal late in extra time from the penalty spot Steven Vittoria scored the equalizer at the 21st minute because Yuki Soma scored the opening goal at the ninth minute of this last tune-up game for Canada a big result against a decent team Japan heading into the World Cup Shots were 7 against 17, advantage to Canada, 3 shots on target for Le Rouge, 55% possession, 87% passing accuracy, 8 fouls and 8 corners, they did dominate that, and of course, if you've been a long-time follower of myself, stats and uh, are a big part of my job, I do work for TVA Spa as a sports statistician, not just soccer, other sports too, but in soccer, corners are to me one of the indicators of pressure given, pressure applied by the team by the opposing team and Canada eight 
versus Japan's 2 does give you a little bit of that story. The game took place on November 17th at Al Maktoum Stadium. And looking at the lineup of Canada for this one, this was not just the official lineup for Canada. There was a couple of players on the bench that are not in the roster for the World Cup. McNaughton was there, and he's, of course, there in training until the beginning of the World Cup to help with the amount of centre-back for, uh, for the team so that Atiba Hutchinson doesn't have to play there and a couple. But this was Canada's formation against Japan, a 4-4-2. And that's where I want to move this conversation. It's fun. We have the roster and we'll break down the roster. But 4-4-2, I was surprised. I was expecting something more. And after we're done breaking down the roster, we will look at my preferred starting 11 and my preferred formation. I will explain why I want that formation for Canada. It is backed by statistic. It is the second most used formation of Canada in the last 13 games. So we will get there. But 4-4-2 is very used by Canada. Will it be the choice later on on the show? That's a good question. Well, let's look at Canada's roster, because to me, Canada's roster, it was announced a couple of days ago, and it was big news and big controversy, but we have interesting choices. Goalkeepers, of course, unfortunate injury to Maxime Crepeau of LAFC during the MLS Cup Final. He was injured late in the game, left with a fractured, uh, fractured ankle, and uh, he was replaced, and they eventually won MLS Cup penalty. Big shout out to John McCarthy. Uh, not the mixed martial art official, but John McCarthy, the goalkeeper of LAFC. Because of that injury, Maxim Kripo will miss the World Cup and James Pantemis have been chosen to take his spot. James Pantemis, goalkeeper number three from my handicapping of this roster in the World Cup for Canada. The second goalkeeper for Canada, Dane St. Clair. He has retaking the spot this year with Minnesota. He started the year as a backup goalkeeper with the Loons and after injuries took over with a couple of very spectacular performances during late Fox games on Sunday night with the Loons and he got the attention of the league and the attention of his manager and was the starter since then. And of course, captain of this Canada men's national team Goalkeeper extraordinaire and heart and soul of this team, Milan Boyan, is your starting goalkeeper. He will be starting every single game. This is the pinnacle of his career. Gray sweatpants himself, Milan Boyan, between the sticks for Canada during the World Cup. Quite happy for him. It was time, and he will be impressive. Now, a couple of surprises were, of course, announced in the Defenders. Joel Waterman, surprisingly, was chosen by John Herdman. No, Daniil Henry. Daniil Henry was a big mainstay and was called upon a few times during qualification to help reassure Canada's backline when there were some injuries. But at the end of the day, he was not chosen by John Herdman, Joel Waterman, who was called for the first time with the group in the last international window, did farewell, and he did really good enough, at least, to convince John Herdman of his inclusion and his for the future. Samuel Adekoube, Joel Waterman, Alistair Johnston, Richie Larea, Kamal Miller, Stephen Vittoria, and Derek Cornelius were chosen. 
I don't think it's a coincidence. There is three defenders from CF Montreal. I do think the chemistry between those players, Joe Waterman, Alistair Johnson, and especially Kamal Miller, and between Johnson and Miller, they're used to playing with each other. There will be two of the three starting center back in my preferred formation, and that is not necessarily a coincidence if they're chosen altogether. They are very good, and I even say that their chemistry makes them all better, and the familiarity between the two will, two and three, if you add Joe Waterman, will help Canada moving forward. I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe Joe Waterman play a couple of minutes against Morocco, depending on the results of the first two games in this World Cup. We can continue now by looking at the midfielders, because there's come more, more surprises in the midfield department if we look at who has been chosen right now. Ismael Kony has been chosen by John Herdman. And after I'm done breaking down the roster, I will explain from my perspective why those three were chosen. Why Pentemis, why Kone, and why also we had the young Waterman chosen for this World Cup. Liam Fraser, Ismael Kone, Mark Anthony Kate, David Wotherspoon, Jonathan Rosario, Atiba Hutchinson, Stefan Eustachio, who was just named Player of the Month, Midfielder of the Month, in the Portuguese First Division. And of course, Samuel Piet, who has been playing for the National League since he's 17, and he will be playing in Qatar. Congratulations to all the midfielders who made the team. It is quite interesting to see the mix of youth, veteran-like presence of... Hutchinson, Nostakio, Piat, and the youth of Akone. To me, he's the wild card. I talked earlier that to win the World Cup, I'm not saying Canada's going to win, okay, but they, they could have success. To get success, you need luck and you need a youngster that just defies the odds. Kone defied the odds from NDG. From where this show is recorded, SPN Studios, formerly known as the SPN Studios, this here, it's NDG. Born and bred, then Saint-Laurent finished the trip development, then the Academy of CF Montréal helped him to MLS. But Ismail Kone could be the key here for Canada, as we now look at the forwards for Canada in this World Cup. Most known Canadian soccer player in history, Alfonso Davies, is going to shepherd this attack. Of course, he's going to be supported by Jonathan David, maybe in a few years' time, the best goal scorer ever to wear the Maple Leaf. And of course, you have players like Cal Lyron, who scored 13 goals already in qualifying and is the all-time goal-scoring leader for now in the history of the Canadian men's national team. And those decisions that were taken by John Herdman are not necessarily difficult. That's not where the choices were hard. But when we look at the surprises from John Herdman, they are from the midfield. So those are the surprises to me, players that were on the bubble but made the cut. Joel Waterman for CF Montreal, Ismael Kone, CF Montreal, and James Pantemis. We talked about James Pantemis. It is because of the injury of Maxime Crepeau. But with a season and playoff record of 8 wins, 3 draws, and 2 losses, 4 clean sheets, and an average of 1.09 goals against per game, James Pantemis got his ticket for Qatar. Joel Waterman 
as a center back, three goals, four assists, not too shabby. To me, what has been impressive is the following statistic. He is number one for CF Montreal while just behind Samuel Piet. Samuel Piet overtook him late in the season, but they were one and two all throughout the season in the passing accuracy department. Top of the team, 89% passing accuracy just behind Samuel Piet, who was behind Joel Waterman for most of the season. Joel Waterman had an amazing season. He can control the ball and does help going forward, and we'll go more into details in a few minutes. Two goals, five assists for Ismail Kone impressive and to me there's an underlying statistic here that is not shown yet and that gives you a true idea of his influence on games 86 percent passing accuracy here for ismail kone so let's dive deep into joel waterman to start because to me joel waterman is one of the my discoveries over the last couple of years one of the biggest growth as a defender with alistair johnson in the canadian pool 212 recoveries for the Canadian defender this year, 29 tackles, 5 goal creating action, and that is important, but 58.3% shots on target, 3rd in CF Montreal as a defender, and that statistic does show that he can help the attack, he can put the ball in a space where a goal will be created, he did that 5 times, so if he does it once, a goal created by him could help a lot in Qatar. 58.3% shots on target. When he gets a chance, he put it in he puts it on target. And that's what you want. You want your one or two chances that you might have in the entire tournament to actually pay off. And that is why, in my opinion, he's been chosen. He can recover the ball, he can tackle, he can put the ball on target, and when he does, he can score. He did three goals, four assists in MLS this year, and also can help create in shot and goal creating actions, which he did five times this year so those are my arguments why joel waterman was chosen by john herdman to be his last defender on the bubble and to me it is a fantastic way to see the evolution of him in his play and the growth of a joel waterman we can now move on to ismail kone and why ismail kone was chosen to me it's his influence on the results of game Team points per match is a good way to identify overall when the sample size of the data is big enough to identify the true influence of a player overall. And it's not just him, there's other players that help him a lot, but a team points per match of 2.04, which means in average, on average this year when Ismail Kone played for the CF Montreal team, they got two points. Uh, that's not necessarily a coincidence why they finished high in the Eastern Conference standing second, that is because of that. Uh, 2 PK1, 10 goal creating action, 42 shot creating action, and 61% of his dribbles were won. A 61% dribble success rate. To me, those numbers are really telling a great story that he is a game changer. In the making, he's not there yet, but those numbers can maybe lead to a couple goals during the World Cup as a super sub late in the game when he can implement his wild card aspect. And that could be very interesting moving into late in games when you're playing against an old legged Croatia. Ismail Kone comes on the side and gets a goal and changes the dynamic and the dichotomy of that game. That could be a good reason why he was chosen by John Herdman. And the last surprise of this World Cup by John Herdman to me was James Pantemis. Yes, he has been chosen because of the injury of Maxim Crepeau. 
but not too shabby this year for James Pantemis. 12 goals against and 1.09 goals against average. Clean sheet percentage of 36.4, so a little higher than a third of the time when he played this year. He got a clean sheet and a 70.3% save percentage for James Pantemis, which leads me to believe that Canada has what it takes to maybe even get out of the group. That's my prediction here. That's a tweet, as we would say. I'm not saying Canada's winning the World Cup, but I'm saying Canada finishes second in the group. Belgium first, Canada second, Croatia out of it. Talked about it last year. I'm doubling down. Croatia, you're gonna miss the knockout stage after finishing second in the World Cup. Yes, you heard it right. Canada will eliminate Croatia. At least, maybe not directly, because Canada is going to win, yes, second, but it might take the third result of the group to eliminate Croatia. But that is my surprise. And why will they do that? Because Canada has speed. Canada has an adjustable tactical range. And that is what I want to talk about to finish this preview show here. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Kev Laramie and this show at Soccer Today SBN. Also, if you're looking for a way to reach me, you can also email me and contact me at sportspodcastingnetwork at gmail.com. If you like how this show is produced, of course, this is produced by my production company, Spin Media Digital Solutions, and you can contact me here if you need help, if you want to help with the design of your show, or just if you want to contact me to have this show broadcasted on your airwaves, this is a way you can contact me or my production team and get in touch and maybe we can do business together as we look at Canada's tactical accuracy or acumen way over the last few games. Over the last 13 games, Canada has used six different formations. 3-4-3 was used twice in the last three games. Not count, not Japan. It was used in the other two. So Qatar and Bahrain. 3-4-2-1 was used once, 3-4-3 was used three times before that. We also have the 4-2-3-1 used twice. The famous 4-4-2 was used five times, including the Japan game. 4-3-3 and then the 4-3-1-2. We've seen the 4-3-3 against good teams. But lately we see the 3-4-3 or the 4-4-2. The 3-4-3 we see them against teams that are vulnerable on the flanks. And that is why... Kevin's 11, my preferred lineup for this World Cup, looks a little bit like this. I don't know why I put some country music, but let's roll with it. Let's go. A country, country song here. Kevin's 11 for the World Cup. With the roster available. To me, those are the best 11 players available in the best formation possible. Milan Boyan in that Kamal Miller, Steven Vittoria, and Alistair Johnston in a three-man backline. A midfield composed of Adekube as your left midfielder, but the corridor player on that side of the field. A midfield of Steven Ostakio and Atitiba Hutchinson. I don't know why I said Atitiba, but Atitiba or better known as Titi Atiba Hutchinson, will be starting 11 material if he's fit in time. Tejan Buchanan will be the other wingster. I will call them the wingsters because you need that speed 
Adikube and Dejan Buchanan. And why Adikube and Miller? Miller is really good to give the ball in the last third of the pitch and that's where Alfonso Davies will be. The left side of Canada could be the most lethal side of Canada. Kamal Miller was in the top 10 of MLS for the pass in the final third last year. Same for Joel Waterman. So look for Joel Waterman to be Kamal Miller's replacement on that side. But Kamal Miller can put the ball on Alfonso Davies' foot and that it could be dangerous for anybody that plays against Canada. And that is why that left side looks like that. And then, of course, Tejan Buchanan has that speed with Jonathan David. Jonathan David with Cal Aaron, two goal scorers that can overlap and find themselves in great goal scoring opportunity. This 3 4 3 would be lethal for the dangerous aspect of the flanks. Whip balls into Cal Aaron, who's dangerous with his head. Alfonso Davies' speed cuts back in and finds an opportunity on goal. Overlaps, Miller finds another player in the final third. You get another opportunity on goal. That is what I'm foreseeing for Canada. This is Kevin's 11. I hope you enjoyed this World Cup preview show from a Canadian perspective. Until next time, you can follow me on Twitter at Kev Larme. You can email me at sportspodcastingnetwork at gmail.com. And if you like this show, take a second, share the show, like the show, like our YouTube page. That is how we can actually get better with your help is trigger the algorithm. Click the subscribe button, click the notification bell and let us know what you like about this show we'll be back in about a week's time breaking down canada's first game in the world cup breaking down a couple of results that i would have uh, piqued my curiosity but as always until next time i hope you enjoyed this show and as always have a great soccer <laughs>